What's up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Burry, the Podcasting Virtual Summit Launch Coach here. And podcasting is one of my favorite ways to make connections and build up income. And podcasting is a really great opportunity for people who want to gradually get to the point where they can ditch their jobs. So we have a really special guest who's going to join us and share how you can use podcasting to build up your income and eventually make that ditch move out of your job to ditch your job. So the guest who joins us, he is the host of the top rated podcast growth now movement and founder of growth now LLC, which is a full service podcast production and coaching company. Our guest has been named as a top eight podcaster to follow by Inc magazine and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. Our guest is none other than Justin Shank. Justin, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks, man. I'm excited, dude. Like I've, I feel like I, uh, I feel like a proud big brother when I see everything that you do, man. And it's not that I've had any part of it, uh, but it's just fun to be be along for the journey with you and and uh, you know your different shows and and all your books and stuff. It's it's excited to watch, and I'm just glad that I could take a couple minutes now and hopefully share some wisdom with your audience, man. Yeah, Justin, it certainly is a pleasure to have you on the show. And the amount of growth that you've had is amazing. Just context, uh, before I fully knew what I was doing in podcasting, I did go to Justin as a coach. So that is something I do now. That is something Justin also does now. Uh, we'll throw links around if you guys are interested in asking Justin about his coaching, different things like that. But uh, I'm wondering if you could share with us, why did you first go into podcasting? And then how did that evolve to you being able to do it full time? Yeah, man. Great question. So I actually got into podcasting, not thinking it was going to be a full-time thing. Like I thought I started a podcast. Originally the idea was let me start an entrepreneurial podcast so I can learn from entrepreneurs so I can then go grow a business, right? Let me learn the X's and O's because before that I've had three failed businesses and I've, you know, like that typical entrepreneur story of let me try and fail, try and fail, try and fail. Um, and I started podcasting and, and, uh, it really kind of took its own turn and, and, uh, there's a whole personal journey there, but it, it became more about personal growth and not entrepreneurship. And I wasn't really learning about business, but I was learning about business. And this is why I started interviewing successful people in business about their life journey and how they overcame and how they created happiness in their life. And then I became friends with these people. And I'm talking about people that run multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, billion dollar organizations. And I started to really surround myself with them. And then it organically became about business. Um, and so what ended up happening was the, the podcast took off. Uh, because of the Inc. Magazine article and a bunch of other things that I kind of implemented. Um, and people started coming to me and saying, hey, can you help me? Uh, at this time, I was still in medical sales. I had no idea of what I wanted to do for business. And, and it's that whole idea of like, if people are coming to you for advice, that's probably the business you should be in. Um, and then one day I started charging people and, and uh, it became a business. And now it's actually, it's evolved since then too. I still do the podcast production and coaching, but now I'm in branding, some branding coaching, business coaching, all that other stuff as well, because organically what happens, you build the right podcast, you build the right business. Yeah. I mean, podcasting, that can become your entire brand. Some people podcasting is a compliment to their business while podcasting for others becomes the actual business. And uh, I started breakthrough success. My first podcast similarly, because I wanted to learn from other people and I mean, it's just so many consultations for free. I mean, Justin and I are talking right now. I mean, I've paid for, you know, Justin's expertise and being able to interview and ask questions is something really incredible that you can do with podcasting. And would you, I mean, I know some of it is luck, but a lot of it is skill and the hard work. Uh, like as soon as the ink 
article hit. Like I'm sure that helped you a lot, but it's not like Inc. just yeah. like picks people out of a hat. They go to like top podcasters. So uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the essential steps you took to really propel your podcast and get to where it is now? Yeah, man, I think, you know, and, and you know the story, but like when I first started, I had a co-host and um, the messaging and the branding were really mixed up because I was trying to go one direction. He was trying to go another. And, and so whenever somebody found our, our podcast, they weren't sticking around. So the first thing I really did was made sure, uh, you know, I asked my co-host to take a step back. Everything's fine, by the way. He's still one of my best friends. Um, but asked him to take a step back and my messaging and my branding really started to align. And when that started to align, audiences started to stick. Oh, they see growth, that movement. This guy is talking about personal and professional growth. Okay, cool. They're going to stick around and they're going to keep listening. And so my audience really started to grow about six months before the, uh, the Inc. article. Now, keep in mind, I had been podcasting consistently every single week for almost two years at this point. And so, you know, it was really that consistently, consistency, showing up, making sure that my audience trusted me to be there for them every single week. Um, and then also getting on stages was a huge thing for me. And, and I started to get on some stages and every single time I spoke somewhere, my audience grew. Um, and so we live in a world now where, and this is different than what, than what it was three and a half years ago when I started podcasting, but uh, we live in a world now where there's 700,000 active podcasts, right? And it's really about how can you organically bring up your podcast all the time or have your audience organically bring up the podcast. And I think I said this to you, Mark, the goal is to always be like the third podcast somebody mentions, right? So when somebody goes, what podcast do you listen to? They're always going to say Joe Rogan. And they're always going to say somebody like a Lewis Howes or Andy Frisella or whatever, especially in the entrepreneur space. And you want to be the third one. And so my goal was always to be like, look, I listen to Joe Rogan, Lewis Howes and, and Growth Now Movement. Um, and they go, what's Growth Now Movement? Right. Because number one way to grow your audience is still word of mouth. Um, you know, to pay for ads on Facebook and Instagram, it's extremely expensive to drive traffic to Apple. That uh, doesn't convert. It's, it's almost pointless. Um, and so it's really about showing up consistently uh, and then getting that name in front of as many people as possible uh, and also building the brand to be bigger than it is. Right. When I was doing four or five hundred downloads an episode, it looked like I was doing thousands of episodes. You know how important that is, like as far as show up, it's like dress for the job that you want, right? Like when we talk about being an employee, they say dress for the job you want. If you want to be the CEO, wear a suit every day. Um, if you want to be a successful podcaster or entrepreneur, show up in a manner that you're supposed to pay the money for the marketing, get the right logos, get the right design, get the right look. Um, and people will be automatically drawn to you and you'll stand out from the crowd. Um, you know, it, it, so from my standpoint, it was really about when I, when I figured out that messaging and I figured out that branding and then consistently showed up, people started to find me. Now the Inc. article did 4X my audience overnight. That's what took me from, okay, I'm doing better than most to, okay, I'm consistently in the top 100. Um, that was the big jump there. But again, I had to do all that work beforehand. Uh, and then since then, it, it's continued to grow, which has been a blessing. And uh, again, one of the things Justin said during our time together is that perception is reality. That was one of the things that he mentioned. And uh, if you want to, I mean, we're talking about podcasting, but this applies to anything. If you want to be successful in it, do the actions as if you already are successful, like posting on Instagram when you come out with a new episode, telling your people on Twitter, having a Facebook group for your podcast, like do the things that you're going to do now that you would expect to be doing when you reach that level of success that you're aiming for. And one of the things that Justin's been able to do recently that uh, not as many podcasters do, even ones that are super popular, is he's actually been able to turn his podcast into an event 
that people go to every year in Reading, Pennsylvania. I'm wondering if you can share with us how your podcast became an event, some of the uh, backstory behind that and being able to make your first event a success. Yeah, I think for me, I always have my audience in mind, right? And so with the guests that I bring on, with the conversations I have, where I'm going with them, the audience is in mind. And um, I, I started this thing and I realized how blessed I was to be able to connect with and learn from some of the top people in the world. And it's great that people can hit play and listen, right? And, and absorb information. But how do I bring them and put them all into a room together, right? How do I put together something that I can have these people that listen, come to an event and learn from the people that I've had the pleasure of not only learning from, but also becoming friends with. And hopefully they can connect outside of that room and, and build a relationship. And um, that's really where the idea came from. And then the execution was a whole different story. <laughs> it was a whole different story. But, uh, you know, to go from, go, go from idea to launch uh, has something that I now help clients do in podcasting and branding. And, and people come to me now and they say, hey, how do I build an online brand? How do I get paid to be me? Um, and, it, and it's really the same thing that we do with everything. It's the same thing with a business. It's the same thing with an event. And so it started with my passion of bringing people that listen to my show or people that wanted to grow, uh, bringing them all together with the masters, people who've already done it. Um, and then figuring out, you know, what's the vision look like? What's, what's the execution look like? You get people there. They say having 50 people at your first event's a win. I had 150 people from 14 states in Canada attend. And then this upcoming year in May, I'll have 300 people. I've already sold tickets to 15, from, for 15 states and we're, what, five months out still? So, you know, it's, it's really about focusing on growth and consistency with everything. I mean, same thing as growing your podcast audience into a business. It's the same thing to grow, an, uh, to grow a brand or grow a live event. And so it started with my heart then kind of went to my brain down onto a piece of paper and then execution. And I really kind of put the pieces together and brought in an incredible lineup. And I'm doing that again in 2020. And uh, one big thing Justin says, I mean, it's one thing to say uh, in your heart, like, you know, I want to organize this event. I want to have the successful podcast. I want to get out of my job, but you know, it went from his brain that went on paper, very important thing with the paper. And uh, then he made it happen. So you do have to, I'd say, honestly, writing down the plan is better than typing it. Uh, just because writing it down just does something more powerful. Now, I know we've talked about like, you know, uh, what can happen if you podcast for a while, like you have your own event, Inc. Magazine comes to you and these really awesome things. But for people to make podcasting sustainable, they have to make money from podcasting. And this is where a lot of podcasters are like, well, I make up for it with like the network and the friendships and things like that, which all that stuff is great. But for people that ditch the job, the bottom line also matters a lot. So how have you turned your podcasting into a stream of income for yourself? Yeah. So I actually don't sell advertising. I have once or twice and I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, number one, I don't look at the return as being totally great. Uh, I, you know, I know that there's ways that you can can, and I teach my clients to like mirror and match things to make it worth it, where some of my clients aren't really getting the downloads, but they're getting $5,000 a month in advertising. And, and I've taught people how to kind of match everything together. Um, but I'm, I didn't feel right. Cast is like my, this free thing that I want to give out. And I don't want people to sit through seven minutes of ads, but if you do that, God bless you. That's great. Like Joe Rogan's making millions doing it. Cool. Go ahead and do it. I don't, I don't, I don't shame anybody for doing it. I, like I said, I teach people how to do it. Um, but for me, uh, if it weren't for the podcast, I wouldn't be doing any of my streams of income, uh, you know, and so like any successful entrepreneur, you need multiple streams of income. It's, it's not just one thing nine times out of 10, unless you, unless you're pretty lucky and you build a big business out and you sell it for millions. But 
uh, I had to create multiple streams of income. One is the podcast coaching and, and production, which then has led to business coaching. So that's one stream of income. And, and, I, and I do this uh, through my audience and I do this through some of the people that I've interviewed on the show have become my clients by, by pure chance. And, and I've, I, I figured out a method to do that too, which I, I teach a lot of my clients to do. That's one way, right? So I monetize the podcast from that standpoint, from my audience and the people that I interview. Number two, I get paid to speak all over the country now on podcasting. I get paid thousands of dollars to go talk for an hour, which is the weirdest mind blowing thing on the world in the world, but I get it. It's it, people are paying for my years of, of uh, dedication, my years of consistency, my years of hard work. Um, and I feel honored to be able to do that. Uh, so that's, that's the second way. And the third way is my live event, right? My live event does make money for me. Um, it, it's, it's not something that I ever have a goal to make millions off of it because it's about giving as much as I possibly can, but it's another stream of income. Again, that's my audience that listens and, and I hope, hopefully I'm adding enough value that they want to spend a couple of dollars and come to my event in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, and I'm sure as, as this all evolves and the, the platform of podcasting evolves, there'll be a fourth and fifth and sixth stream of income. But right now that's good for me, man. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. And I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I'm not saying that to impress people. I'm just saying that to impress upon people that no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, if you put in the work and the consistency, the money comes from it. Work and consistency, that's going to get anyone very far if you uh, put those different things in. One of the things that I want to talk about is you mentioned those streams of income. Those aren't, uh, I wouldn't consider those passive, like coaching, like you've got clients, an event. I've done virtual summits. I've done some small scale uh, in-person events. So I know what kind of work goes into those and we're talking about feel like 150 people at Justin's events. So how do you uh, manage to grow all three of these streams of income without um, like dropping one of them or spreading out too thin? Yeah. Dude, it's a great, that's a really, really good question. And for me, it's about surrounding myself with the right support system, right? I have a really good team that works with me on the podcasts. Um, at first it was just me. And then I realized if I want to, if I want to focus on the second and third things that I want to build out, I need to build the right team. So it's about bringing in the right team that can handle, uh, handle, help me handle my stress level. Number one, uh, number two, handle the workload because, you know, and you know, Mark in podcasting, the, the editing side is what, what stops people from con staying consistent. It's what stops people from, you know, sticking with it for a year, two, three years to see a big payout. Um, and so it's a lot of work and I, and I surround myself with the right team. Um, again, that's, that's what I'm speaking to. So like, you know, if I'm traveling, the team supports that. And, and so speaking for me is something that I really enjoy doing. I do, I do about 12 things a year. Um, that's actually, that's what happened here in what year is this? 2019, um, 2018, I'll probably be right around the same amount, maybe 12 to 15 kind of spots a year, uh, next year. Um, and so that's, that's easy for me. Like it's traveling. I can work when I travel. Now the live event, um, that's the thing that keeps me up at night. That's the thing that, that, uh, you know, I'm actually still learning how to scale. Um, and that's just, you know, that's me being completely transparent. Um, going from 150 attendees, a one day event to this upcoming year of 300 attendees, a day and a half long event plus, um, it's, it, it's, it's tough. Um, but I'm learning. Right. And so what I'm learning here this year is what I can't handle by myself. So now Next year, uh, the movement live will have a team. And so, you know, I think for me, this, this idea of passive income is great. And, and in 2020, I'm also launching a growth now mentorship program for people that are interested in scaling their business online and, and uh, you know, getting their name out there and becoming a face and a personality, um, which is exciting. And that's a little bit more of a passive income for me to kind of install. But there's really no such thing as passive income. People say real estate. Well, you still got to manage your 
the people that are living in your house and you got to evict the ones that aren't paying and then you got to fix things. You got to do this, right? So there's really no such thing as passive income, but there's scalable income, which means when you get to a point where you're making enough money off of it, you can hire the right people to handle a lot of the workload as you continue to grow it. If hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, really great insights. I mean, you do have to have a team. I know for breakthrough success, I had someone editing and doing show notes uh, the moment I came out with episodes because that was a big deal for me. And uh, just to echo Justin's idea, there's no passive income. Uh, I did a YouTube video recently about how dividend investing, even that's not passive income. Like a lot of people would think it is, but uh, there are certain things you have to do to make certain decisions. Like no matter what thing you think of as passive income, there is still decision making, there's still research, there's still work and applications. So uh, I feel like some people get stuck on this passive income idea and they- Make money just, while you sleep, Mark. Yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> I wake up to money sometimes, but it's not because, you know, I, I did a lot of work to get there. Like I sent out an email or something, like I did an Amazon ad. So uh, yeah. people who make money in their sleep, it's because of a lot of the stuff they did in the daytime. Exactly. Exactly, man. And, and you know, I, and I'm not, look, if somebody really truly finds a way to passive income, please, I, I will pay you a lot of money. And I mean, truly passive. Like I don't have to do anything. And all of a sudden I'm making money, Bitcoin or whatever you want to say. Right. So like, if you, if you come up with a thing, man, I'll be the first one to sign up. But, um, you know, I'm hard work. I've never been afraid of, of putting the time in, you know, I had a guy on my show named Craig Ballantyne. He's actually the author of the perfect, um, uh, the perfect day formula. And now he's coming out with actually, I'm, I'm about finished with the book, the perfect week formula. It's not out yet. Um, but I actually have it sitting right there. Um, he talks about how it's, it's about the amount of work you put into the hours that you're doing. A lot of us kind of mess around and we get distracted and we stare at social media or waste time watching Netflix instead of actually just sitting down and doing work. I actually don't work many hours in a day, but when I'm working, I'm completely focused on the things that I need to get done. And I have a checklist every day and I say, here are the things I need to get done. And I'm not done until I'm done. And once I'm done, whether that's at 10 a.m., 2 p.m. or 10 p.m., um, then I'm doing it. Like I, like I said, I have this with you, which this is still part of my work. I'm being interviewed and, and it's fun. I love talking to you, but it's still part of me building my brand. But then after this, I have a client call, right? So there's certain days where I work later and there's certain days where I don't. But uh, I think for me, it's just about getting in and, and truly executing the work that you need to do that day. And you're not going to feel like you're that stressed out if you just do the work. And I do want to emphasize something there uh, where Justin said he's not working that many hours and he's still able to see these different results come his way. And yet, this could just be me talking, but I feel like there are some people who they get paid very little because of the job that they're in or whatever, and they are working a ton of hours. Like you're looking at 10-hour, 12-hour days and things like that, very, relatively little pay, and yet you see someone else who's you know not putting in as many like quantity of hours, but you know is getting the revenue. And I think part of that is uh, just from an entrepreneurial standpoint is like, some people, when you overwork, it's like you, by definition, are not as productive later on. So, like, if you work, like, 80 hours a week or something like that, hours, like, 70 to 80 are not going to be as good, and that's going to crawl into next week, uh, while some people work less than that, and by doing that, they're able to recharge better. So, I'm wondering um, if you ever, in, like, your previous job, had to work a ton of hours uh, versus what you do now and your thoughts on working less hours and getting better results. 
Yeah, man, that's a, that's a really good question. It's actually something that I've been paying attention to a lot more lately um, because I was a very miserable employee because I would get into work and I would get my stuff done and it'd be super early and I'd still have to stay there till five or six o'clock at night. Like, I think they did a study of like people that actually that are at, have to be clocked in or whatever from like an eight to five. So eight, nine hours a day, they have to be there. They really only work about two and a half hours out of that day. That's the biggest problem. The problem isn't the hours we put in. The hour is the work that we put in uh, during those hours. So when I was at work, I still had to be there during the hours. I was never the person that would burn the midnight oil for my day job because I didn't want to be there. That's just the reality. Um, but you know, with, with what I'm doing now, it's the same, right? I, I work to live. I don't live to work. Um, and so I'm building my life that I want, not the career that I want. And so when we talk about being an entrepreneur, what, do you, what is it that you're working for, right? People go, I need to work my butt off now so I can make millions of dollars so I can go join my girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, friends, whatever. Well, why can't you do that now while you're still building? It's a really about taking all the work that you have to do and finding a way to do it better in a shorter amount of time. And I promise you, you're going to take off. Like, do a, you know, Craig Ballantyne, the guy that I was talking about, took Bedros Koulian from working 100 hours a week to creating the life that he wants and then filling in the work around that. Like that's what you need to start doing if you really want to live the right life for yourself. That's really excellent insight because I feel like a lot of people, they think about the hours of their job. They think about ditching, like, what am I going to do now? You don't want to just go into podcasting or go into the business that you want to get into. And then just like, uh, you know, like instead of working uh, 80 hours here, you work 80 hours in podcasting, whatever it is. Uh, instead, you want to figure out, really think like what kind of life you want to have and then structure uh, what you're working your entire schedule around that. Uh, now, I'm wondering, if you, uh, have you like, you mentioned earlier, yeah, you mentioned that uh, you're making more money now than before. So like before the job, I'm wondering if you could share how you're able to do that. Uh, even though you're working less hours, you're able to make more money and uh, some insights for people who are want to do the same thing, which is probably everyone on the planet. Yeah. So um, I will say this, my sales outreach for my, my podcast production and coaching is zero. I have zero sales outreach. Um, every single one of my clients has been through a referral basis. So that takes away how many hours, how many hours a week do most people put in to try and get new clients? Right? So I take, they, I take that out. So how did I set that up? First of all, I'm not afraid to ask my clients once I know I delivered for them, if they have any friends that are looking for podcasts, looking to do a podcast, or if they have anybody who already has a podcast who isn't happy with who they're using. Right. Um, so that's, that's one way. And I, I get at least two new clients a month, uh, doing that that way, which is fine for me because I'm not cheap to work with, but I also know that I can deliver. And since I deliver, then their friends get referrals and the people already know how much I'm paying. And this is great. This is great kind of ecosystem that I've created from that standpoint. That's one way. So when I look at growth from that portion of my business, uh, that's strictly through, uh, referrals. So that's completely no more sales calls. Uh, as far as the X's and O's work, the editing, there's very few clients that I still edit for. Now, there are some clients that I edit for because they've earned that. They've earned the right that and the respect from me that I have to put in the work for them for whatever reason, whether they're paying me more or they have helped me so much in is, and I make sure that it's executed on the right level, which, which is how I can handle that for them. Um, but other than that, I have a team built out, right? We talk about teams and, and putting the right people in place. That's how I've done that. Um, no, as far as like the public speaking, I do some reach out for that, but that's easy, man. Like if you, if you're going to tell me, if you, if I said, 
You're going to grow your business. You're going to double your business next year by reaching out to five to 10 people a week extra than you didn't the week or the year before. Um, how much time is that really going to take you? Not 20 that. minutes, 20 minutes a week. I think, like I said, I think it goes back to the idea that we make things so much more difficult in our head than they really are. And then we, then we mess around half the day and then finally we get around to go and do it. Right. And so for me, it was really about how do I make everything easier? How do I get to the end result faster than ever before? Uh, and that's really how I've narrowed down my work days. And like my girlfriend will tell you, like if she wants to see me at night, she sees me at night. Uh, this weekend, we're together all, all weekend. It's a long weekend that we're going away. And, and the same with next weekend, I'll be in DC. And when I go speak, I don't work um, unless there's an emergency, which is rare. But like I'll be in DC speaking at a mastermind next weekend. And so like I look at that and I go, okay, I'm away. I, I look at that as fun. Um, and so it's about, again, creating your life that you want and then putting the work in where it needs to be put in. Yeah, and I love the uh, how you frame different things like, you know, like five to 10 people a week who you reach out to really not that much time uh, or effort. It's just like finding people, framing your message around what they have to offer. And, you know, that's a whole lot of exposure. Uh, and uh, I'm like the, you know, when you go to events, like that's vacation time. Like I like to frame my events around marathons because that's just my personal preference. So yeah, that again goes to this idea of where like, uh, it's more of like create a life than create a career. The career is just one of these things that helps you fuel the life, but it's not like career at the expense of life. So um, whether it's podcasting yeah. or you know, anything else. Another thing too, I don't let people mess with my schedule. Um, yeah. uh, my schedule is my schedule. And if, if somebody reaches out to me, um, if, and they say, hey, can you get on a phone call this time? And that's, that's either family time or friend time or... Uh, I'm already have editing scheduled at that time or conference call or I'm whatever. I'll say, no, I can't. So often people are afraid to say, no, I can't. And then guess what? When you say yes to somebody every single time, then they control your schedule no matter what, because yep. now you've fallen into this trap. Uh, and so you have to take control of your schedule uh, in order to stay as productive as possible. Um, and then, yes, if I have to hop on a call at seven o'clock because my day is completely booked up, I'll hop on a call at seven o'clock. I don't mind doing that. Um, but I'm not going to justify moving anything in my schedule because it's that set that way for a reason. So I don't let anybody touch my schedule. I say to everybody that, that I, or my clients do not let anybody touch your schedule. That is yours and yours alone. Yeah. Be beautiful insight there. Uh, I have a acuity. I use that to schedule all my times for coaching. Uh, but I almost will never, uh, adjust my schedule. Just because I know if you, do, if you do it for one person and you want to scale, then you're going to end up doing it for 10 people. And if you say no, like people respect your time better. People respect you better because you're a luxury now. You're a, uh, I want to take like a few seconds to make sure I get this right. Instead of uh, being on demand, you're in demand. Got it. Instead of being on demand, you're in demand. Uh, so that's part of the advantage of having that uh, set in stone schedule and that makes sure you get all the priorities done. You need to get done. Yeah, man, for sure. I love that. One of the things that, um, I definitely think all the listeners will enjoy doing is checking out Justin's podcast growth. Now movement. I mentioned at the beginning, Justin was my podcast coach at a stage where I didn't know as much about podcasting. Uh, so we'll link to growth now movement. Uh, his event, Growth Now Movement Live. I was at the first one, 2019. Uh, I believe 2020 is just around like the graduation time. So uh, 
probably will yeah, not be dude, there. I, I, ske- I scheduled it at the literally college. It's literally college graduation and, and high school prom. Um, you know, but, but again, everything is, everything is a learning experience, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a shame, but hopefully 2021, you'll be there. Yeah. But the thing um, is, if you get 300 people there, you can make it like, you could raise it. I mean, I feel like if you, I mean, and I feel like you're going to get 300 anyway. Yeah. So I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly where I'm at. I mean, you know me, I'm very transparent, right? My goal is this is, uh, November. Let me just check the date 25th because the, obviously the recording and the publication are different. Yeah, so this is November 25th. Uh, I've sold 80 tickets. Uh, more than half the VIP tickets are already gone. Wow. Um, and uh, when I look at the trajectory of how I sold tickets last year compared to now, I'll hit 300 probably about a month and a half before the event. Wow. Fingers crossed, right? And that's if all things go according to plan. I could still be looking to sell tickets two days before. Uh, but with the, if I were to look at the projections from last year, uh, what I'm putting together for this upcoming year, uh, I should be sold out about a month and a half in advance, which is, which to me, um, I'm humbled and grateful. Like, I, I don't, I don't look at myself as anything special. I don't think that I've done anything magnificent. Um, but I just want to help and I just want to give back as much as I possibly can. And I feel blessed that anybody wants to be a part of it. Um, and, uh, I'm really excited to see where growth and movement life goes in the future. And I mean, again, the link will be there if you want to pick up your ticket and join Justin. I definitely recommend the event. It was really great. And I think you should keep following this guy because he's helped me a lot. He's helped a lot of people and I feel like you guys will benefit from him. So, uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming on Ditch the Job. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Mark, thank you so much, man. I love what you're all about, dude. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Everybody keep watching Mark because this guy is going to be a game changer for years to come, man. Thank you.